0: You're listening to the Pastoral Calling Podcast with Matt Lovren and me, Jim Shimaria. Our goal is to start a conversation about life and leadership in the local church. Welcome back to the Pastoral Calling Podcast. I'm Jim, and Matt and I have another interview for you fine folks today. Uh, Today, on this episode, we interview Nate Killian. Uh, Nate has had uh, kind of an interesting uh, vocational career. He began as a pastor in a church in the Midwest in a place called Olney, Illinois. Uh, And after that, he moved to the next natural step and moved to Thailand, where he was a missionary for over a decade. He's now back in the States, and he's working uh, with navigators. So he's working with college students. So Uh, He's done a lot of different things, but one of the things that kind of has tied all of his work together, and this is something that I found to be particularly interesting about this interview, uh, is there's a common thread of ministry to the person, of being in relationship with the people that you are with, the people that you are called to lead and serve and minister to. There's a very personal, very tangible, very local sense uh, to what Nate has done throughout his, his his career. And I think that's something that's really been interesting to me as I've talked to different people, um, some who have been listening to this podcast who aren't pastors, who don't work in the church, yet they hear what we're talking about and this sort of desire to engage on a very small scale, local scale, to shepherd people. And even though they're not doing pastoral work, they are doing pastoral work. This is sort of a universal thing that crosses careers and vocation and calling. And so I think it's uh, kind of a, a unique thing for us to be thinking about is if you're in church ministry, you're pastoring and, and your call to pastoring has a really unique way that it works itself out. But even if you're not in the church, this these concepts of being in relationship with people and committing to uh, what God God has called you to and where God has called you to, um, I think are really valuable things to think of. So, uh, without further ado, I will hand it over to Matt and myself. And uh, here's an interview with Nate Killian.
1: So we are really delighted to be here with Nathan Killian uh, and Nate, you and I were colleagues back in our Grace Bible College days. I think you were maybe like just it. like a year behind me. Is that right?
2: Uh, I th- I think I was further back. You were finishing up as I came in, I believe.
1: Okay, that could be right. I, I feel like I remember like being around and knowing of you and like, but not being able to get to know you as well as I would have liked. So it's yeah. really early, cool.
0: the early 90s were a blur for everyone <laughs> well this would have been imagine.
2: yeah yeah I do remember Matt you were I believe you were there uh, in the dorms when I came for a college days back when they used to have oh, college yeah. Days. yeah that's right we all remember
1: who was in our dorm room during college days <laughs> I, I didn't
2: stay with you but I remember you were around
1: yeah those were important days those college days <laughs> so rather than talk about uh, what we did in college days or how we <laughs> knew each other then uh, let's bring our vast listening audience up to speed with what have you been doing in your ministry it's some really exciting and some really diverse work that God's called you to do so um, just bring us all yeah. up to speed sure well yeah uh thanks for by
2: the way just for having me on this i um, it's an honor uh, I, I was thinking about it it's a pastoral calling right and and part of my ministry has been that um, I, I did pastor in the state some and then that was about, I guess, five and a half years uh, and then was in Thailand for about 12 years. That was up until uh, this or excuse me, July 2020 is when my mm. family returned to the U.S. And so good timing. Yeah, and it was it was <laughs> interesting. It was uh, traveling through international airports at that time. Uh, they were ghost towns. It was really strange. Um, yeah. But, uh, but we came home really unrelated to the pandemic. It wasn't we were we were not coming home because we had to or anything like that. It was just the timing of our home assignments. And but anyhow, yeah, our time in Thailand was primarily focused on uh, church planting. Did some student ministry there as well. And so even though I wasn't, uh, I was a missionary, not officially a pastor. I was often in that role as we were uh, working alongside another missionary family to get the church uh, planted and started and trained up, you know, nationals for that. And so, as I mentioned, we came back July 2020 and spent some time then wrapping up our time as uh, overseas missionaries reporting and so forth. And then came on board with the Navigators and uh, serving now in a ministry where it's it's still a cross-cultural ministry to international students but it's based out of the US and so uh, we are presently I'm living in Leavenworth Washington but only for a few more months I'll be moving over to the west side in the, the shoreline area and working with international students there
0: I think we need to give a little in insight here to those yeah. who have never been to Leavenworth ah. w- what sort of uh joyous experience it is to live in this 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 town
2: yeah yeah. Well, and it's true. It's, uh, I mean, practically speaking, we landed here because my wife had family here when we came back. Uh, but it's been, it'll be nearly two years, I guess, from when we came back to, to when we leave. And it really has been. It's sort of like, a, I don't know, it's sort of a Rivendell. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> a, a very nice place to be. We can walk everywhere. The mountains are just right there. Uh, Yeah. So yeah. So
0: so Leavenworth is for those who don't know, Leavenworth is this little town in the Cascade Mountains Mm -hmm. in Washington State, and it is it is a themed town. That's right. Some people are familiar with theme parks such as Mm -hmm. Disneyland. This is a city that is themed, and the theme is like Bavarian. Bavarian. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so i guess if uh if if rivendell if if tolkien was uh german and not english this was what it look. no it's uh it's great because <laughs> you've got um all the signage and storefronts are all that theme you feel like you're on the set of the sound of music sort of like yeah. that. yeah that's so nice. is it
1: like is it like the michigan frankenmuth where you go to frankenmuth and it's christmas all year round or is that frankenmuth is like its own little right tiny attraction but in leavenworth it's the whole town Right, so I've never been uh, in in all the years I lived in Grand Rapids.
2: I was never in Frankenmuth. Uh, never spent, you know, went there. But I recently spoke to someone from Michigan who'd been to both places,
0: uh-huh. and
2: uh, this is their words: "They said Leavenworth puts Frankenmuth to shame." So, wow. uh, yeah, that's wow. that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah.
0: So my favorite piece of news that came out of Leavenworth recently, and uh, as I. I i'm from seattle most of you know and so i kind of keep up to date with the news in washington and i saw an article in the seattle times about the krumpus that was Uh in leavenworth this winter Uh and the krumpus was like he is the german like pantheon god of anti-christmas or something of those likes and he was going around dressed up like this like ogre monster and scaring yeah. the children who were there for christmas
2: there i i did not see it in person uh or him or whatever but uh <laughs> yes i i saw uh pictures articles you know social media it was all over and there was some divided views on whether it was a good or bad thing you know
0: yeah the crumpus it's yeah, like what happens when a hallmark movie goes bad yeah like the crumpus the shows up and
2: I think I think you need to pitch that one to uh, the, the Hallmark people. That would be.
0: Where's good. Where's Pat McGillicuddy? He's our local expert on Hallmark movies. He... Uh,
1: oh I I would watch that movie. That sounds like a great <laughs> a great movie.
0: Uh, okay, so let's go back in time because okay. you said something that I didn't know. Maybe oh. I knew this, but I forgot that you were five and a half years as a pastor. That's in right. a Church. Tell yeah. us about where that was and yeah. what that was like. So
2: we were um, in Olney, Illinois. Uh, my, mm. my wife and I, uh, Jessica, were married. We had a three month old son when we moved from Grand Rapids to Olney and spent about five and a half years there. And that was, um, that was a really good place to be, to be a brand new pastor. Um, the people there uh, were very kind and generous to us. The, the, it was a good community. Um, I was very, very green. Um, and so I learned a lot uh, during that time. And, um, but yeah, that was right out of school. And uh, we stepped in after uh, Pastor John Records had been there for, I want to say seven, many years, over 15 years. And so uh, that was a transition time for the church for sure and uh, a learning time for us. But yeah, we look back very fondly at that time.
0: Did you go to. Grace Bible College with the idea that you wanted to be a pastor or go into mission work? or Yeah, what was...
2: so I originally signed up, I think, with youth ministry in mind. Uh, only I think enough. we all
0: did that. At yeah, some yeah, point. yeah. Well, that was, <laughs>
2: for me, it was huge. Uh, my youth pastor and, and, and youth group had had a huge impact on me um, in high school. And so, so I'm thinking, well, this is what I know. Um, I want to go that way. And uh, but had experienced right before going off to school, to experienced uh, ministry in a foreign field. I went to Romania for a couple weeks, mm. and so I thought, oh, okay, whoa, this opens up a whole new experience. And uh, but at the same time, I went off to school thinking, okay, I don't want to say, oh, I want to be a missionary now just because I spent two weeks in another country, <laughs> in right? Romania. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm infatuated with it, but I don't know what what is that really like. So um, really praying for God's direction there. Ended up, yeah, going the pastoral route, uh, which I think was probably the last thing on my mind, um, but wanted to, was just, I was really open to where God would have me. Um, and so, but still with a, a heart a desire for mission. I mean, even when we went to alney I, I know we, we shared that with the church then that at some point we see ourselves going to the mission field. So, mm.
0: yeah what uh what was kind of your your biggest takeaway from your time in pastoral work what what were some things that maybe you learned you said you were very green this is your first time like right
2: i i think one thing that i would yeah a takeaway um the in the involvement of how, how in working with people um but how to do that in a way that is encouraging people to come alongside and that that whole, whatever we wanna call it, training, mentoring, mm-hmm. discipling process, um, being brand new out of it, you know, I'm going into it. And, and keep in mind too, some context, the church had been without a pastor for about three years. And so at that point, I think a lot of the people volunteering in some of these areas, obviously they had people coming in and, and filling the pulpit, but but some of these other areas of ministry um, it was all volunteer basis and people were sort of feeling burnout at that point yeah and so they were ready oh here's the pastor we'll give this do to all them. of
0: this stuff here's yeah. the
2: youth ministry here's the <laughs> you know the music ministry here's all this and yeah. and i am just eagerly oh yeah yeah i'll take it all that's right i'm the pastor but then looking back thinking okay god what how could i have uh, better said oh oh let me let me take some of that, but but to incorporate those people who had been in that position and and more of the coaching training process, yeah. uh, and some of that came toward the end of my time there, where I saw people stepping up and and you know thought, oh, this is this is what I want, right? And um, had a couple guys in particular that I felt were really on board with that toward the end of my time, and as far as you know, meeting with them one on one to. Yeah, really, a training discipleship time of mm. how they could step into that, and uh, yeah. So I think a big takeaway would be, whoa, how much more to focus more of my efforts on that um, than make it a one-man show. Yeah, yeah.
0: As fun as the one-man show is, right? Everybody likes to do some flips.
2: Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the juggler. I never got to juggling.
1: Did you ever have to lead worship, like? Like you're the one man show in the pastorship, and you have to do the song, song leading.
2: Um, that I did not do. We had we were really gifted. The lady in the church that played piano, um, she's still there, I think, uh, wonderfully. Um, but um, and we had other people helping with the singing. But I did with the planning part of it, and that's just not my forte, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so. Only for five and a half years, and then you guys moved to Thailand. That's right. Had you ever been to Thailand before you moved to Thailand?
2: I had been there for about two weeks. Um, But my wife, uh, she was the she was the Abraham because she'd never gone. She just Mm. yeah, she uh, went when we moved there. So um, and mine was really brief, you know, had very little knowledge of it. Um, Yeah. So but... how did you know?
1: How did you know after after five years of pastoral ministry that moving to Thailand was the thing that God was calling you to do next? Thing, like That's Southern Illinois to Thailand. Right.
2: The climates are really similar, actually. So that was a good plus. Um, and the food, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, pork burgers and uh, um, no, we. You know, like I said, we we were looking at the field, the mission field, um, a foreign field, uh, actually shortly after we were married, Jessica and I were. And I think something that was really heavy on our hearts at that time was going where the gospel was not, um, where there just was not a witness um, for for Christ and the gospel. And so uh, in knowing about the field, we learned about it. We learned um, the the Marats, I don't know, Genesis and Verna Marats, who are all still serving with uh, Things To Come Mission, we heard that they were going to that field, uh, moving fields actually to Thailand and were looking for partners. And so in learning about the country and learning about the need, uh, yeah, we just continued to pray about it. it. It weighed heavy on our hearts. And as we talked to people and looked at um, just the practical nature of it, I mean, we were, at that time we had three young kids Um, And we knew the the longer we waited, the more difficult it would be um, as as they got older and more settled in life. And so, uh, yeah, um, it was, I would have to say, I guess, how did we know we knew? Um, Between praying, between talking to people, uh, just a confirmation from God's word that, you know, God desires uh, for the gospel to go out um, in places where the gospel is not. And so all all of those things. probably together were confirmation or that's how we knew yeah
0: but there's always at least in my experience stepping Mm -hmm. into something there's always a sense of but is this the you know you do it and you make the the best decision you think you can but how long did it take for you to be in thailand before kind of that hesitancy of is this the right thing kind of went away like how long until you knew like okay this is it we did yeah. we made the right choice
2: oh okay yeah well I, I thought you were going a different way I thought you were gonna say how long until we thought we'd made a mistake um, no. <laughs> um actually because on that I'll tell you we we were still in Alni. uh we'd announced it with the church I think we had just sort of yeah, made a public announcement. So, so it's sort of like you know the point of no return, right? And yeah. I remember then even thinking, had we made a mistake? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and part of that, it's really interesting. I've never been a huge worrier, um, and and especially when it comes to you know practical things like finances, I've never really had that. But I just remember being filled with all this doubt and anxiety. And uh, I remember going to my wife and I said, hey, look, I'm just really struggling with this. If, it, if, if this were just me as a single guy going out or just, you know, just the two of us, um, okay, God's going to provide. But I'm thinking of our kids now and I'm going from a fairly stable income here of you know, the church sits down and says this is your salary for mm-hmm. the next year, whatever, to we're now depending on, uh, you know, a support <laughs> basis um, yeah. in a place that is so unfamiliar and uh yeah just flooded with all of this doubt and anxiety and i remember at the time uh, my wife it was very wise i didn't want to hear it but she goes so god can provide for you and me but you know not our whole whole family (laughs) and i said okay you're right Uh, yeah exactly it's exactly what i did i just uh accepted it immediately (laughs) um but she was she was right and uh so so we saw there were at least for me, some tests along the way, you know of that nature. And when we got there, um, yeah, you quickly well, I shouldn't say quickly, but the the honeymoon phase of whether it's a whole another culture or a whole new ministry, I mean that's over, you know in a matter of what anywhere from months to maybe a year or two where it's just like, whoa, this is not uh, this is not everything mm. I thought it would
0: be. Um, this isn't two weeks in Romania
2: right right uh in fact at one point i I think i I was attempting to blog some then when that was still a cool
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah um uh and and one of my blog posts was uh you've lost that foreign feeling or something like that, (laughs) that that reality that you know you first come into this and everything's new and oh this is different and this is You're learning. You want to experience it, and uh, it's fun. It's exciting, and that quickly can dissolve into "This is stupid. Why is it Mm. this way? Um, This is..." and so, which I think is not. Perhaps that's that's on a greater level, you know, in a foreign country, but it's not so different than, you know, in a different state or a different part of the country or whatever. Um, You know, anybody that's in a pastoral ministry is going to have some of those type of feelings. So, uh, so what do you do at that point? Right. Um,
0: (laughs) um,
2: So for me, it was coming back You
0: blog about it,
2: you blog about it. There you go. And uh, that, that really helped. No, I I think, you know, just that reality coming back to, okay, God is faithful and uh, whether, whether or not this is all I thought it was going to be expectations and all that aside, God is faithful and and we got to trust him. So, which is easier said than done,
1: but yeah. Well, I can remember you coming through, raising support. I want to say it was mm. at the very beginning. You probably came to to our church and presented mm. the ministry that you'd be going to do. And I can just remember you emphasizing how difficult this was going to be mm. with the language learning being particularly difficult, the culture being particularly like not open to mm-hmm. Christianity or to even foreigners coming in and living in the context of that culture. I could just remember thinking, wow, this is a really difficult ministry that they've taken mm-hmm. on. And, um, but it also felt to me, it felt sort of like as a person in a Western church sitting back thing saying, this is like heroic. Like this is what, <laughs> this is what missions ought to be. And like going mm-hmm. to this unreached people and a really difficult language, really difficult culture that like did the, sounds like the magic of some of that idealism wore off pretty quick. Well, sure. I think there's always, uh, there,
2: how's that saying go? You know, it's always an adventure when you're not in it, right? I mean, it doesn't feel like an adventure <laughs> when it's you're adventuring. Um, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think looking back, it was great. Um, and, and even during some of that, uh, would not have traded it, um, that type of thing, but, but for sure, at some point, whether it's in a different culture, different language, uh, at some point it's, the ministry is still the ministry, right? And so, I mean, I can remember this, um, and this, this sort of going back to the question of, okay, what do you do when some of that wears off? Uh, I can remember before going to Alney. So we were still living in Grand Rapids, and, uh, and this sort of held with me in, in our move to Thailand, and then more recently, our move back to the States. But I can remember feeling this excitement, which I think is natural, right? Oh, it's, it's an exciting new place, a new new people, a uh, new ministry, whatever. And then uh, whether I, I think it was a time just of praying and stuff. And and the thought that came was, okay, I can be really excited about this uh, opportunity, but ultimately that's going to fade. And so my prayer was, God, I want to be really excited about you and and. Know, my relationship with you, and um, and just really excited about the gospel, and and that that's what's going to sustain me. And so um, I think I've seen that uh, whether it was Thailand or, or coming back here, um, because it's true. It doesn't matter how many um, you know how how exciting something is. Eventually, it's those things are disappointing. But but Jesus doesn't disappoint.
0: So <laughs> that's well, good. <laughs> that is good. Uh, but that's an interesting concept too because so often in every other area of our life we're so results driven and like Mm -hmm. our success we base on how many things we are able to accomplish or tick off our list or whatever but what you're saying is how important it was to kind of reframe what your intent was and your intent was first and foremost to be a faithful follower of Jesus in that context and then let that kind of spill over into right and so when you do that yeah it's good you're kind of one step ahead as far as like being successful right because you're doing the thing that is important and the rest is kind of an outworking of that
2: yeah yeah i think that's a really good way to put it um you know people people are going to disappoint um people have disappointed i mean i disappoint others all of that uh Experiences, all those things will ultimately come short um, if if that is my primary focus, if that's mm-hmm. my thinking. But um, but yeah, if, if those are secondary to you know being a follower of Christ and and letting those things come out of that, then then yeah, there's still there's still disappointments, there's still hard things right. for sure. But it makes those hard things. I don't know. I I wonder sometimes if that's where the crashing and burning comes from. It's because I've put something else uh, or others have put something Mm. else in place of the only, you know, the place where only Jesus is Mm. supposed to be. So,
0: so. A lot of times when I remember as a kid in a missions conference, right? You're like uh-huh. seven or eight and the missionaries come through and they tell you all the stories about the <laughs> snakes and all that stuff. And they give you the, weird tasting candies. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a staple of, uh, that's of how they get you. <laughs>
1: that's how they get you. Come eat this Especially... candy
0: and
2: fight snakes. Yeah.
0: what <laughs> What's the deal with, how come all these Asian countries have like, some form of like a candy that's like the consistency of like firm jello like every asian country that i've encountered has some variation of this i do they have this in thailand
2: yeah 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 it's uh it's a thing man it's it's very
0: it's a thing it's a thing all right so they come in and they give you the candy and they tell you about the snakes. And then the image that I always got of the missionary is you go into some like dusty village square wow. and you stand up on a box and you start preaching the gospel and people are falling down on their knees and converting. Yeah. And you have all of this great success in, in ministry. And the, you realize that that's actually probably not what's happening but i imagine in a context like southeast asia Hmm. where uh christianity is not a predominant or probably even known religion i imagine you probably encountered a lot of people who were maybe interacting with a christian a real live christian for the first time yeah that you kind of have to totally reframe what what it's going to look like for you to do ministry in a place like that and i imagine it's less about counting the numbers of people you're converting and there has to be some other measurement so what was that like was that what you were expecting um or maybe just kind of talk through through that
2: sure sure yeah we we definitely went into it expecting that it would be difficult um from you know, things we'd read and heard and talked to other people about, um, you know, my brief experience going over there for a couple of weeks and seeing the country and seeing just the nature of, uh, uh, you know, Buddhism is, is the primary religion in Thailand. And so, yeah, we, we knew going in um, and we, we weren't naive to think, oh, okay, we can, you know, have these mass conversions and stuff. That would be great to, to see that, but we knew that that's not gonna happen. Um, so So with that, uh, the, the I think the center focus it sort of goes back to what I was thinking you know in, in our time wrapping up in in all Me. it's like okay these relationships are key uh, whether th- with are these are with um, you know new believers or if it's somebody that has shown some interest and is is still not come to Christ um, the the absolute key is going to be spending that individual one-on-one time with people and um, and so that's that's how we tried to frame our ministry Um, i'm I'm thinking of uh, student ministry that i did when i was there and having students in our home uh, getting to know them personally um, you know and some of that was then one-on-one time or small group time with certain guys Um, and then again with the church ministry same type of thing but it's it's all about hey how how well do we know each other Um, i think that was something that's part of the Thai culture too, um, that we learned. Um, but that reality of, you know, people seeing our lives, but, but earning the trust, earning the mm. the right to speak into their lives. And that comes through the relationship. Um, so, which again, I think is a carry over to wherever we're doing ministry, maybe sometimes it's, it's more so than other places, but,
1: but yeah, that was, that was really key yeah when you don't have the uh, the soapbox or the platform coming yeah. in, you don't have that uh, status as recognized Western missionary um, that's not a that's not a cultural factor in, uh-huh. in Southeast Asia it sounds like so uh, there was no like name recognition there was no recognition of who are these people and what are they doing right. that leaves you with well the the commonality is relationship. And so we mm-hmm. can come alongside these people, do life with them, invite them into our lives and show that love and compassion uh, in ways that kind of cross those cultural boundaries and and then give the opportunity to, to share the gospel when that's appropriate.
2: Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I think there are places, um, and, you know, you go back to, uh, well, the Philippines, for example. And what, if you look at like, uh, the Ministry of uh, Things that Come Mission in the Philippines shortly, not too long, a, a decade or so after World War II, um, maybe a couple, whatever it was. Uh, and there was that element of, oh, wow, here's, you know, the missionaries from America and they've helped mm-hmm. us during the war. Now we'll, you know, let's just listen. And you saw things exploding there um, in the sense of the gospel going out and churches being planted. But that was definitely unique uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. The norm um, in a lot of these places is, is not that. And and maybe that's really a good thing, um, because I think what's going to last and carry forward is is seeing that slower, but really genuine growth through these relationships uh, mm. that, that take root. Yeah,
0: And I think one of the things that is transcendent of any place you're doing ministry is... Yeah the value of embedding yourself in a culture mm. and the way that people respond to you when you are truly valuing them as people yeah. and who they are and the way that they operate in the world and i think that's just probably as true in all illinois and yeah. in west michigan and in thailand and in seattle and whatever yeah of just how how critical that is to just these people in this place like this uh-huh. is this is where i'm at so yeah yeah that's
1: really good yeah and you are going to minister in leavenworth you have to adopt a bavarian <laughs> right. mindset and culture right. yeah
0: the, well the,
2: it's the, the worst yeah my leader hose, and that's I, I they're being pressed <laughs> so
1: otherwise I'd, I'd have them on today so um yeah this is not a video podcast yeah exactly Yet. exactly yes Yet,
2: Um, (laughs) No, I think it's true, getting inside the mind of the people um, and which does sort of affect, you know, how do you communicate, I think, even, Um, right? I guess I'm thinking in Thailand, too, uh, you know, getting to know where the people are, how they think. um, And even as we shared about, you know, biblical truth there, because it's so foreign in some ways. And yet Mm. um, there are elements, you know, like one of my favorite things was asking people, okay, what do you uh, let's talk about the word grace and mm-hmm. what is that? How do you use that? How do you use, you know, which is not a word. I mean, if we think about it outside of church and, you know, Bible college and so we don't talk, we don't. Use, what is use the, the
0: word what grace. is the word in Thai? Prakun uh,
2: is the Thai word for grace. And so, uh, or, or Garuna is another similar word that could mean that, but, but I'd ask, you know, how do you use that in another, in a, in a context? What, what does that look like? And so, I remember when it was first, uh, oh, well, they talked about parents giving children, you know, all kinds of prakun grace because they, this kid can't do anything for themselves. And so mm-hmm. the parent gives everything and, uh, gives of themselves and all of this. And, and so, um, and then there's this sort of reciprocal relationship where not to earn it because it's already been given, but the child then is expected to return, uh, their loyalty to the parent. Mm. And, um, It was beautiful because when I first encountered, I thought, "Oh wait, maybe that doesn't work." But then, as I really looked at it, and uh, later on, I think in a setting we were in a church setting, and was going through Romans one, and I thought, "This is it right here. Mm
0: -hmm. This is
2: the great parent, the great benefactor, you know, the father who's given all to his creation, and yet why, you know, um, he's given grace, and Mm -hmm. yet, uh, you know, his children have not returned loyalty." not been thankful and grateful. And so so that really helped them as in teaching that passage in bringing in the parent-child relationship in the Thai culture, um, that helped them to understand that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's totally, um, so that's part of it, I guess, just oh. as an illustration. Mm-hmm. of um, It's really
1: great of connecting with them and their language and their cultural ways of yeah. understanding life and then building those bridges.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay. you were in Thailand for tw- how long 12 well, years
2: from from when we arrived to when we came back 12 years um, times okay. in the States in between, but we'll just say. twelve. Okay,
0: okay. and now you are in Washington and you're working yeah. with don't call it campus crusade.
2: Right? <laughs> don't you can call it no it's it's the navigators The navigators, uh, the navigators international students is one of the missions of the Navigators. And uh, so what
0: is, what is the Navigators? What
2: is the Navigators? So it's a very broad ministry uh, in the sense of many different venues or uh, avenues of life they work in, whether it's students, uh, campus, uh, college campus students, international students, military, um, nations within, uh, has, you know, um, sort of marginalized people groups, all all kinds Mm -hmm. of areas, uh, foreign missions as well. And um, uh, at the heart of it, uh, you know, the motto of the navigators is to know Christ, make him known and help others do the same. And mm-hmm. so it's in that sense, it's uh, evangelistic uh, in, in ministry, but also discipleship centered where it's saying, OK, how do we train up believers to not only uh, do that very thing, know Christ, but also they're going they're turning around and. And reproducers who reproduce you know that type of ideas is what uh, the goal were after um, in that so. Um, particularly for us we're focusing on international students, and so uh, we've begun that now um, there's not a lot of international students in leavenworth, uh, but our goal's always been to get over to the Seattle area and so in June we will be moving over there and, and working on some campuses in that area.
1: Do you have specific campuses in mind that'll be your main yeah. targets or mission fields?
2: Yeah. So, uh, we Shoreline Community College, um, which, w- when just just a note on that, when I first heard community college, I thought, well, this is sort of silly because they're community colleges. Why? Why aren't we going, you know, <laughs> on these bigger universities? But, but what I learned is that those colleges draw a lot of international students. Actually. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so Shoreline Community College is one. Um, Edmonds College, um, which is very close, there's another. Um, Possibly have some tie-ins with uh, UW um, in, you know, just so it'd be in the Seattle, in Seattle proper there. Um, I'm glad that
0: you got that right, because we talked about a year ago, and you insisted on calling it U of Dub. Hey, hey!
2: I, I think I made that mistake once. I was going on little sleep. I hadn't had coffee. No, no, no. no I did. I made a, a. That was a major faux pas in front of a, a Washingtonian. Nonetheless. Oh
0: my so goodness! I was. You set me
2: straight, Jim. Thank you. I was.
0: I was appalled. I know. It's almost know. as bad as people calling the state of Oregon Oregon.
2: Oregon, or, like or going out to Spokane. Um, yeah, anyhow. that's a good one. <laughs> um, no, you no, have no. dubbed though. That's you real have, bad. Uh, it's
0: a I, Michigan University of Michigan. They call it U of M. Yeah. And so that's he what was, it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, coming from originally being from Nebraska, well, we got we got some universities there too.
1: Anyhow, um,
2: uh, <laughs> no, um, but we've got some tie-ins. There's a couple, well, at least one couple, maybe two couples that are working on the UW campus with just collegiate ministry. But they've gotten enough international students come into that that. They're wanting to partner with um, the international student ministry of the navigators. So yeah, a lot of opportunities, more opportunities than we have time um, right now to do. But uh, I think there's already some stuff going on at Edmonds and um, God's already opened up some doors at Shoreline. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes forward.
0: How have you seen your I don't know what we say, expertise in ministry kind of uh-huh. shape as you, not that you are in any ways an old man, but now you've done ministry for 20 years, right? Hmm. Or so. Mm-hmm. How have you kind of developed and honed the things that you do that maybe you wouldn't have been necessarily as good at earlier? I know you we've kind of talked about discipleship and learning yeah. the role and the value of that. Is that something that as you grow and, and kind of mature in ministry, that that becomes even, even more of a high value to you or?
2: Yeah, I would certainly say so. Um, where, you know, I mean, my desire is to intentionally, you know, pouring into lives of, of other people. Right. Um, but th- w- you know, in other words, what's, what's the best way to do that? What's the, the most effective? Cause like everybody else, I've got you know the same hours in my day and and days in my week, and so uh, if if that happens best by spending that one-on-one time with people, um, that discipleship thing, then um, that's not to put down. I mean, I mean, we're talking pastoral ministry, right? And so much of that is preaching the word, proclaiming mm-hmm. the gospel on a you know a larger platform stage to to many people at once. I think that's equally important. Um, but if I'm if I'm not personally investing the life of somebody else, um, that that's certainly something I've seen. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's very important, and I, I see that. I guess I see that in the life, um, whether it's the Apostle Paul or Jesus Himself, you know, taking those times to. There's both. It's a both and type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, not not neglecting one for the other. Um, I would also add on that that in that discipleship relationship. Um, One thing that God's been teaching me, I'm slowly learning is, um, is asking questions and really understanding where people are coming from. Um, Mm -hmm. because so much of my time, whether it's pastor missionary whatever, you know, this idea of, oh, I've got the answers. I just need to tell you them, which, Mm -hmm. okay. I do believe that, you know, I have, you know, the word of God has the gospel is the answer to whether it's uh, someone that's. uh, separated from Christ and, and need salvation or, or or a believer growing in Christ, uh, but but before I guess really the desire to be, be slow to speak, just I wanna be mm-hmm. quick to hear what where people are and what is going on and, and hearing their heart um, before I you know dispense all my wisdom.
0: Um, is that something that you think you either learned or found more necessary because of your time in Thailand or is that something that's been more of a ongoing point of learning for you or?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely been ongoing, but but probably, yeah. Put on put on high speed because of uh, time <laughs> in Thailand. I mean, you're, you're coming into a culture and, you know, again, we're, we were talking earlier sort of about the the contrast in, um, you know, more classic mission model and, and today. Uh, and, and you come and here's the, you know, the whatever, the the Western guy that's got all the answers. And I thought, no, no, I, I okay, yes, yes, the gospel, we have that answer. But, right. but are we doing everything the best way? Am I learning? Mm. Um, I want to hear, you know, uh, because in so many ways, I mean, I think about Thai culture, I'm thinking, wow, okay, culturally, there's some things here that are closer to what really reflects a biblical culture mm. than, than we have in the West. And so how am I also learning as I then share? Um, so, yeah, at, at, the, at the risk of sounding uh, too uh, ecumenical or uh, what do you? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean, though, right? I mean, I'm not None saying of that here uh, or what's that? None of that here. None of that here. <laughs> or, or too like, uh, you know, very postmodern and everything's relevant. No, no, that's not at all what I mean. But, but that I can, uh, I want to hear and I want to be an observer and a learner,
1: um, and then speak into that. Um, -hmm. yeah. Well, it seems like, like, forgive me if I'm just like re reviewing or recapitulating what you've already said, but it seems like there's this really fascinating trajectory of you moving from uh, a ministry in the U S where you kind of were the one man show and you needed to do it all yourself, but then you learned, Hmm. gosh, I really need to be equipping people in relationship to come alongside and to invest in the ministry themselves and and then you're able to do some of that over the course of the ministry in thailand and really learn that in a cross-cultural context and then i'd just be really excited to see what that's going to look like working with international students in the us where you kind of take in both of those worlds but where but where they share a commonality Mm -hmm. is the relationships that you Mm -hmm. want to develop and and they can learn from you but you're also learning from them and there's a real there's a real mutuality in that, in that ministry that you're going to be doing.
2: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, A a really good summary, because I think too, with, with what we're wanting, you know, what our desire, our our goal, which I think is, is uh, what God would desire too with these students is that, man, as we've poured into them, they go back and they're, they're doing that work then Um, whether it's, Maybe not many of them are going to go back and say, well, I want to be a pastor now or I want to be whatever. I mean, they're coming to study um, all kinds of fields, but in their life, where are they uh, duplicating themselves? And so, uh, yeah, working yourself out of a a job, so to speak, right? You Mm -hmm. want to see that that happening, which I think, you know, any pastor would want to see that um, where there's the whole body, you know, being fitted together. Everyone, every member doing its part, yeah.
0: All right, so as we uh, kind of bring this excellent interview to an end, it's been good to, to kind of hear your development in the way that, yeah. that ministry has been shaping your life. We like to ask our esteemed guests on oh, this wow. podcast yeah, two very important questions. The first important question is, do you have any book recommendations for us? because uh, we all read books, right? Everybody reads a book. So let's start with that. Do you have any book recommendations Okay, for us?
2: Okay, yeah, I, th- I was thinking about this because I knew you, you mentioned you were gonna ask me this. And uh, man, there's so much. I think what I'm landing on, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll recommend uh, Wisdom Hunter mm. by Randall Arthur. He's got two first names: Randall Arthur. Uh, <laughs> not Riz Arthur Bates. Randall, <laughs> not Arthur Randall. Yeah, he's he's at the the beginning. Uh, Randall Arthur. He it's a fiction book. Um, oh. But it's it's realistic fiction, uh, right? And he, um, just to give you a little, you know, wet your appetite there. This guy that wrote it was actually, I think he was a missionary in uh, somewhere in the uh, one of the the Nordic countries or something. Oslo, maybe um, where he was. Uh, the city was in. But anyhow, he, um, from what I understand, came from a very sort of legalistic background and discovered or or you know, was taught just the idea of God's grace and mm-hmm. relationship, um, sort of what we're talking about, I guess. And in that, he wrote this book. And uh, shortly after his boss read the manuscript, he was fired from the mission he was <laughs> serving with. And then not long after that, lost most of his support um, because it just sort of went against the sort of legalistic system, I guess, that he was in. But but the book itself is, is just so good. It, it does follow the life of a pastor and uh, just his understanding of going from legalistic to really knowing what God's grace is all about. Transformation, um, the gospel, uh, relationships, uh, reconciliation. Yeah, it's a
1: good one cool intriguing
0: a yeah i like it i like a good fiction uh recommendation we don't get a lot of those so oh boy it.
1: okay oh, okay so wisdom
0: wisdom hunter wisdom randall hunter. arthur there you go or arthur randall randall no, Arthur.
2: go with the first one randall arthur yeah
0: okay okay good okay and then uh the the final question that we like to kind of take us home on is what is your greatest joy in ministry and what is the thing that sucks all of the life out <laughs> of you <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um wow so which one i want to end on a high note right so
1: you, yeah through, you can
0: do that if
2: you. The, the the hoover yeah. one first
0: yeah uh,
1: <laughs> i
2: had a i had a pastor years ago talk about the hoovers in ministry because it sucks the life yeah of
0: them. yeah
2: um yeah i think probably uh, the thing more than anything with that is You know, there have been times where in ministry where you're doing something or I'm doing something that, okay, I'm doing because you got to do it, right? That type of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's an area where I think, okay, this is not where I I believe God's gifted me. This is not, Mm -hmm. uh, this is not what, uh, I mean, for lack of better words, what I've called to do, um, you know, which, um, and so. I think that can be a real uh, life sucker you know where it feels like you're just doing it because you have to um mm. rather than god's really put this burden um, in me so so yeah um and that's one area not yeah uh, i was gonna say something more yeah we'll that. all be really careful not to name those specific areas <laughs> <laughs> and so anyhow let me tell you no no um but yeah i think that's you know we've probably all experienced that but on the flip side, the joy then is when you're saying, okay, this is sort of where God's made me. I mean, he's not only given me a desire for this, but you just, I'm not going to say it feels effortless because there is still work, but there's that sense of, oh man, I can't wait to do this. And um, I know for me, one of those areas is just this very thing we're talking about of of meeting with people, you know, that discipleship relationship um, and watching, I think watching other people get um, in touch, get excited, get, uh, you know, whoa, this is, this is what it means to know and follow Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that to me has to be one of the biggest joys then is, is watching that happen with other people um, mm-hmm. where it's not forced, it's not manipulated, it's not something you can, you know, control and make happen. Um, but, but obviously God's spirits at work there in that person's life. And yeah, that's super encouraging.
1: Yeah. That's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that name. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on our podcast. There it yeah. is.
1: Well, thank you, Matt and Jim. Uh,
2: great opportunity and, uh, love what you guys are doing there. Yeah. Nate, yeah it's really this a, really a pleasure.
1: You've been listening to the Pastoral Calling Podcast with Jim Shamaria and me, Matt Lovren. Join us every two weeks as we start a new conversation about life and leadership in the local church. If you like us, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud or on iTunes, and also tell all your friends so they can join the
0: conversation.